Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Just Because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. For me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. You don't need a reason when the one and only hot and melty sausage McMuffin with egg is just two fifty. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Welcome back to your weekly dose of shock therapy brought to you by the State Again Network. Tyler Lawrence at The Masterable. Zach Alfers at Zach Alfers. How are you doing, Zach? I'm doing awesome. You know, absolutely great. It's been a, a very big week for uh, shock therapy. So very excited for this episode and ready to talk Charger football for the next hour or so. It has been extremely exciting. So for anybody who doesn't know, the LAC shock therapy officially went on sale today. I am selling those magazines for $15 for physical copies, uh, 75 total copies. I've got about 50 left. I'm also selling PDFs versions that I'm just emailing individually to people. Uh, those are just going to be $5. I've sold just five of those. Uh, I'm extremely excited because this is 60 pages of Chargers content. Zach, you got a chance to kind of edit yeah. all of that work that I did. How, tell me how did I do, man? Man, there, yeah. First off, just the completing it, it should be a major accomplishment. And I can't wait to get this thing printed and out to all the listeners who who have already bought a copy because there's a lot of good content, a lot of good stories. And if you're a Charger fan for 15 bucks, I, I think you need to go out and purchase a magazine. It's great work. And uh, I, I had a lot of fun reading it. Right off the bat, I, I really want to thank everybody who's been super supportive of this little hobby of mine that I've gotten into um, I've gotten a lot of people that have reached out already that have, I've sold way more copies this just in the first day than I think I sold almost the entire time I, I sold the, the Master Bolt magazine, which I did last year. It just seems like I got a lot more support and I'm, I'm extremely grateful and thankful to each and every one of you guys. Uh, so much so that I'm actually coming out of pocket a little bit and I'm also doing a pretty major giveaway. Oh, yeah. So we are giving two tickets. We're going to do a raffle, two tickets to the Chargers' first home preseason game against the 49ers. It's going to be in Section 512, Row 13, seats 25 and 26, pretty much dead center on the 50-yard line. You know, and this is something that I've been wanting to kind of do for a little while. I was looking at different ways of doing it, so... Anybody who retweets my last tweet uh, will get one entry, and this is just showing that the master, uh, the Shock Therapy magazine is officially for sale. But for every person who purchases a magazine, whether that be a PDF or a uh, physical copy, will get an additional five entries, and we will do the draw on August 8th, which is the same day as FanFest. Um the Chargers training camp. So I'm, I'm extremely right. grateful and thankful. And I just wanted to get that out to everybody and, and 
just show my gratitude. Yeah, I mean, listeners have to jump all over that. $5 to possibly win a pair of preseason tickets. Come on. Great deal. Supports a good cause. So let's go and get it. Next up, we're going to be talking a little bit about my SoFi Stadium tour. I had the opportunity to go on Monday to go look at the brand new stadium. Dude, this place is state of the art. You feel so small when you walk inside that giant stadium. It's like walking around in New York around all the skyscrapers. It's a feeling unlike any other. Yeah, I can't wait. Just from like looking at people's pictures and videos, I still maintain that SoFi is not real. I think it's a Matrix simulation. I'm not going to believe it until I get there because it's like when Blu-ray first came out. It's so real that it doesn't look real. Do you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I remember that Blu-ray came out like 12 years ago. Yeah, but, but yeah. it has that feel like that future. Like it, it seems so futuristic, futuristic that it, it shouldn't be here in this day and age. But I can't wait to step foot in that stadium. Dude, like when you when I take pictures, like it almost doesn't look real. Like it almost looks digitally created, but it's yeah. like it's such a, a an amazing atmosphere. I had the chance to walk around to go and look at some of the uh, premium seats. You know, the the seat, seats kind of near the you know bottom of the fifty yard line. Those um, those seats that are like you know, a $10,000 stadium sure. seat license. Those are those really expensive ones. Uh, the chairs are padded. Uh, you get to walk around inside and, and, you know, if you don't want to be outside in the game, you can go inside and look at, uh, watch the game on at the bars with some of the, the different bars that they have there and all the different TVs, Wi-Fi, which is weird because I mean, you're, you're going to go and watch the game. Right. But like Wi-Fi there is supposed to be like, state-of-the-art, upgraded, you know, whenever you go to like a music festival or something, you just can't ever get a hold of anybody because there's so many people and the service is so bad. That's not supposed to be an issue there. I know they got like a whiskey bar. They've got a champagne bar if you're into that. Um, I wouldn't watch, you know, football and drink champagne, but I'm also here doing a podcast and drinking some (laughs) wine. So (laughs) there's something for everybody. That's awesome. It is awesome. I got to go and into the Chargers and Rams locker room, which looks eerily similar, but it's a big locker room. It just really looks really nice, man. And it, it's pretty, it's the most state-of-the-art stadium in the world. Nothing compares to it. Now, out of all of the, all of the fun things they had you do, what was, you know, the highlight? Uh, I would have to say missing the field goal. You miss. <laughs> <laughs> It was like a 15-yard field goal. It wasn't that, but, you know, kicking a football, it's a lot harder than it seems, man. And I hit the upright. I did hit the upright. There you go. The bottom upright. I wouldn't call it the upright. I call it the, you know, the the bar on the bottom. I did hit it. That might be the highlight of it. (laughs) (laughs) Missing a Michael Badgley-type field goal. Yeah. Uh, not really, because he doesn't <laughs> usually miss them from under 40 yards. Yeah, he's good from from short, from the chip yeah. shots. But um, it was cool. I got to go and walk around with my wife and, and look at really, you know, something I'm excited to go to on game day and just have that atmosphere. Yeah, can't wait. Next up, we're going to start talking about the defensive backs. Uh, the Chargers, I think we should probably start at safety with, you know, really a a defensive player of the year candidate. How is Derwin James returning from yet another injury? How is he going to, I guess, build this defense back up to what it was in 2018? Well, yeah, I I mean, think, I think just looking at the position group, there's a lot of young guys and and between the group, not a whole lot of NFL experience. So if we're going to be good, if our safety group is going to be good, it's we're going to need a breakout season from Derwin James. And when fully healthy, not only is he one of the best players on our team, he's one of the most polarizing talents in the entire league. We saw him terrorize the scene uh, as a rookie in 2018, led the the entire Chargers squad with 105 tackles and three interceptions, also broke up 13 passes, had six quarterback hits and three and a half sacks. He plays with a very infectious energy. You know, the guys in the locker room absolutely love him. Uh, you heard him mic'd up at minicamp. And he's just out there having a bunch of fun. He's coaching up the other DBs. Most importantly, he looks completely healthy. He's exploding out of the back pedal, turning his hips, running fluidly. And it's just refreshing to see 
DJ back out on the football field because the NFL is a better league when he's out there making plays. It's, it's undebatable. I totally agree with every single word you just said. My only concern, though, is his health, right? Mm -hmm. And if we look at, like, what we're projecting Duran James to be, what we see him as, we're looking at his rookie tape, right? Yeah. Because his 2019 season, it was cut short. He got to play the back half of the season, but he wasn't the Derwin James that he was his rookie year. No, not even close. A, a shadow of his of his former self. And I'm not saying like I'm not jinxing anything, but let's say just let's me play devil's advocate here. If Derwin James is injured again for the rest of the season, another heartbreaking type of you know broken ankle or something that like yeah. takes him out the rest of the year is he worth resigning with another is he worth an extension with yet another season ending type injury is his talent level high enough to overcome those injury concerns long term i think so right i think right off the bat i'm gonna go with giving him another shot because of the other things I mentioned, his energy, his love, the, the guys just love him. And him being around, even if he was injured, I there's going to be some momentum built up from him being on the sideline, regardless if he's playing. Now, I want him to see him out there making plays because we're right. way better football team. We are a Super Bowl contending football team when he's at his healthiest and he's at his best. Without him... I'm going to be hesitant to turn on the, the game on Sundays. It's going to be a brutal. It's going to be brutal. He's going to be very, very important to us this season. I need to see him play at least 15, 16 games. He just brings a different swagger. The, the whole defense plays differently with him on the field. Yeah. Well, you know, they're making, making plays like energy and momentum mm -hmm. is such a big part of football momentum in, in general. And he's a guy that just swings it. He'll yeah. swing it completely, just making a big hit, and he gets his teammates all excited and hyped yeah. up. And, you know, players play better with other players who are hyped up. You, you just you create this atmosphere. And Derwin, you know, that's really what we were missing last year. Even with all sure. the injuries we had last season, we missed our hype man. Yeah, the energy alone, I say bring him back. I say bring him back anyway. He He's too, he's too polarizing from just the – from the emotion as an emotional captain and he, he knows the game of football. He's a very smart player. I, I say, bring him back no matter what. I love the player. I love the guy. I, I want to see him healthy and making plays. I want to see another all pro season from him. I think we can assume that Duran James is a top three safety when healthy in the NFL, right? Yeah. I mean, he's a defensive player of the year candidate and he's yes. only played one full season and He's already, I think he ranks like 8th or ninth or 10th, right around that range, as a guy who's really not played very many games. No, not very many meaningful games. That, so that being said, with the injury history, are you giving him, you know, top of the line money if he wants it or he, he walks? Like, what what is his value? We know from a dollar's perspective, when he's healthy, he can play up to that level but I don't even think that the injury concern lowers his market value at all. Cause I think somebody's going to be willing to pay him that max for a guy that can do so many different things as well as Derwin James. There's always going to be somebody that's I think willing to pay him top dollar, regardless of the injury history. I think are you willing to do it? I am, especially with watching the resurgence of Jason Verrett over in San Francisco. Did not think that was going to happen. I'm very happy for Jason Verrett because I, I always was a very big fan when he was a Charger. Huge fan of J Jason Verrett. Gotta love the Fever. Huge fan. Yeah. So Jay Fever is all about it. But that's same kind of same kind of early on trajectory. Had, had amazing rookie season, banged up with injuries. We kind of let him go, and he got healthy, and is now at what 30 years old. Had one of the best seasons of his career last year. So I don't want to see that happen again. I don't want to see that happen again. I'm resigning. So I think we're in agreement. Derwin James is worth any type of injury history, any type of contract at his, so. you know, at his, at the top of the safety market value. He's yeah. worth every little bit of it because he changes the defense. He changes the look of it. He makes his teammates better. He brings a, just a swagger to the defense and having that 
that's what that's what Super Bowl defenses are made out of. Yeah, you need you need a ball hawk back there, and I love him. I can't wait to see him fully unleashed. I'm also really happy he didn't change his jersey because I got a 33 jersey hanging in the closet. I'm glad I get to wear that confidently and proudly next season. At least for another season. I think he's got too many of those jerseys sitting out there where, you know, <laughs> purchasing that. You go to, to SoFi Stadium, his 33 is everywhere. So don't expect that to last too much longer. His running mate, Nasir Adderley, mm-hmm. did kind of have a little bit of a down year last season. But you know what? Yeah. I'm trocking it up as basically a rookie season because it was. We didn't get to see him all of 2019. 2020 yeah. comes in as a full-time starter, and we're thinking, man, he is the perfect complement to Derwin James. But playing that single high safety role in a Gus Bradley defense, it tends to it tends to underwhelm, right? And it, yeah. coming from that single high safety position, there's a lot of stress put on that player specifically with his angles in the run game, with his coverage having to cover, you know, two deep middle parts of the field. You got the deep left and you got the deep right mm-hmm. in that three deep safety role. But right. having to go and, and try to do that, it's it's very taxing on players' brain in it. It's a lot of responsibility, and especially I think a young player. Back. Yeah, I'm. I'm all. I'm right with you. Um, I, I'm think. I'm seeing huge strides made from Adderley because, yeah, he is also in his third year, just like Derwin James. But we haven't seen. He hasn't put a full season together. Last year was his four, first complete season. He did rack up 69 tackles, recovered a fumble, intercepted a pass, but he really, really struggled in pass coverage allowed a 71% completion rate, 31 of his targets, 22 of those were completed. That's just unacceptable for a guy who we're going to count on playing significant minutes and as a starting free safety, especially as we move to the two cover or the two safety coverage look that Staley's going to try to employ. Especially now, for a player who came out of college really as a cornerback. The coverage yeah. was his thing. Right. Well, and I was right into my next point. What Staley loves in his DBs is that versatility. You pointed, you nailed it on the head. He played DB at Delaware for, I think, the first two seasons. I don't think he switched to safety until his junior year. Um, Picked off 11 passes in college. And so to have two very talented, very versatile safeties like the Chargers do in James and Adderley, that's a premium luxury to have at this league. And then you bring in one of the best defensive minds in Staley. I can't wait to see how he unleashes these guys. I'm excited to see Adderley with a full offseason. He didn't get one last year. He didn't get one as a rookie. He played his you know, the first like two or three games of his rookie season with a torn hamstring. That's right. That's gnarly. That's gnarly. And a healthy, granted, Adderley was healthy last season, but he didn't get a an, a legitimate offseason to learn his role. He didn't get it. Well, and he wasn't supposed to be playing as much as he did, right? No, he wasn't. That And so, yeah, at least he knows now he's prepping for those starting roles. He's going to be a lot more prepared than he was last season. I, I expect all of his numbers across the board to improve, especially in coverage. 70% completion rate, not going to cut it. Behind uh, Derwin James should be a Louis Gilman playing that strong safety role. Now, granted, both safeties kind of play the same role in this defense. They're both covered two mm-hmm. as, as where they'll line up. They'll play, you know, two or three yards closer to the line of scrimmage than they would in that single high free safety role. Um, We call them star and money star being the strong safety money being the free safety. Um, They'll rotate in and out. But Louis Gilman has some big shoes to fill. In my opinion, if you look at the chargers safeties of, of past, you've got, you've got players like Darrell Stuckey, right? Mm -hmm. You've got players like Adrian Phillips. You've got players like Rayshon Jenkins, uh, Jalil Adai. The Chargers have had always, it seems like, have had a good number three mm-hmm. safety in that backfield. And this is the first year where I think that the safety room really feels light. It does. How do you think Aloy Gilman's going going to be filling that role? Um, the majority of the Gilman, too, is a guy we just haven't seen a lot of footage he wasn't supposed to play a lot last year obviously forced into 
a lot more playing time than he was supposed to see. We saw him in 15 games and made he made one start at strong safety, but the majority of his snaps, they came on special teams. I still think he's very, very valuable in that phase of the game. But like we've kind of mentioned in other episodes, he's going to have a lot more competition to contend with because um, the car- this Charger staff has put a lot of emphasis on the special teams, has brought in a lot of career backups slash special team standouts to hopefully fully transform this unit. So on it, on his career, he's only has 71 defensive snaps. Now that's definitely going to increase because like you said, Jenkins is not here. We deploy our third safety a lot. I think the depth at safety is a bit concerning, especially because there's not a whole lot of depth behind those two guys, the, the top superstars on the top of the depth chart. There's a lot of question marks. We haven't seen a whole lot of from Gilman. So I, I really don't know what to expect with a whole lot of playing time from him. There's just not a lot of film. I, what do you think we're going to get from Gilman? So I actually do like Louis Gilman quite a bit. If you look at his college tape with Notre Dame, and if you're, you play for Notre Dame, you're super talented anyways, right? And Louis Gilman comes from uh, Navy. So he, I want to say That's he's right. Hawaiian, Hawaiian. He, he went to uh, the U.S. Naval Academy, which to even get into the U.S. Naval Academy, you have smart to be guy. not just smart, but you have to be a very professional, uh, mm-hmm. well-rounded individual. I spent five years in the Navy. I met a strong handful of people that went to the U.S. Naval Academy. And all of these guys all have to get like letters from their, their representatives and you have to, you know, hold yourself to a higher standard. You have to have the best yeah. grades. It's a very competitive and hard school to get in. I only know one guy who got in there, and he was a call, a high school teammate of mine who was the starting varsity quarterback, starting varsity point guard, and starting varsity catcher, and got a 5.0 GPA. So it's those one are the of the type. most impactful schools, and it's. I call it a school, but it's, it's the military, right? Yeah. It's one of the most impacted and hardest things to get into. You think getting into like USC or, you know, some of these big colleges is hard. This is the elite of the elite. And for him to even get into that shows his character because you have to have top of the line character to even get in there. And then he transferred out of Navy after his, his sophomore year, I believe he went to, um, Notre Dame, which is not an easy thing to do. You kind of have to almost get permission to do that. And he came in as a day one starter for the Irish, and he really excelled in his role on a strong team as a starter at a school like Notre Dame. He's very talented. And he struggled last year on special teams, but let's be real, everybody struggled. Yeah, Was that more to do with coaching than it was – talent I don't really know I always thought that the Chargers kind of had some pretty good depth at a lot of different places especially with all the injuries over the years mm-hmm. I like Gilman as a player to step up I think he's going to play more I don't think he's going to be anything near a starter but you know he could probably get in 15 snaps a game on defense when you're moving Derwin James to dime linebacker in certain sets or when you're just wanting an extra DB out there that can kind of tackle and just gives you different versatility. Uh, he could even play dime, to be honest. And sure. you could ha- keep Adderley and James at these um, two high safety looks. There's a lot of things you can do with them. I don't foresee him as a starter, but he's definitely going to play special teams. And that's where he needs to ultimately make his mark this season. Yeah, I agree with you. Next up is Mark Webb. Mark Webb went to University of Georgia. He didn't get to play a whole lot. I know he's had some injury concerns. I know that um, he got kicked out of a game for uh, targeting. Uh, He ultimately is kind of one of those no-name players that a lot of people don't know much about because there isn't a lot of film. And I talked a little bit about him when we were talking about rookies. Uh, he made his name at the Reese's Senior Bowl as an ace in coverage. Yeah, He was very, very good in one-on-one matchups against the wide receivers. He's a uh, old, He was a wide receiver that transitioned to the safety role. And to be honest, he finds himself in a really good position because there isn't a whole lot in front of him in the depth chart. And that's concerning for a boomer bust type player. But we'll see where Mark Webb fits on that defense. Like I said, it's a light room. Yeah. 
And he could surprise. He could be kind of like one of those undrafted players that you don't know much about just because they haven't had much opportunity. Sure. Well, I look, you know, just at his physical traits. He's a bigger defensive back at six foot one, 210 pounds, and has some versatility, spending time at both safety and corner uh, while he was at Georgia. Now, I think as an athlete, as just as his athleticism, I think it's average on par with the NFL DBs which I think will make him a liability if we wanted to deploy him, you know, as like a free safety. But he's a very strong physical defender who's much better, I think, when lined up closer to the line of scrimmage. I I think that his combo of strength and his physicality really could have him potentially fighting for some reps at that nickel, especially with Harris Jr. getting up there in age, slowing down a bit. But even if it doesn't happen this season, I think that's kind of the trajectory for Webb one of those hybrid safety backers that are becoming so popular in today's NFL because of his length and his physicality. He's very he's hard. Got size. He's And he's very disruptive at the line of scrimmage. I, he's got like size you, for sure. Yeah. I know as a junior, he played that star role, that kind of safety linebacker mm-hmm. hybrid type player. He played it a little bit. I didn't get to watch too much film on Mark Webb. To be honest, a lot of it's just because there wasn't a whole lot of film on him to watch. But he is a, a player that could definitely outplay his draft position. As I a think so. Pick. Yeah. Well, and at seventh round pick, you're looking for some depth to develop. And there are some a lot of interesting aspects in Webb's game uh, that could potentially develop down the road. I'm excited. I definitely see him possibly, re- you know, yeah, I can definitely see him log in some significant reps at Dimebacker if he has a or dime back if he has a good training camp. I could see it. The next player I want to talk about, we'll get into it a little bit today. We'll probably get more into him uh, next week when we go over uh, undrafted free agents. But Ben DeLuca is a player yeah. on the safety in the safety room that I had the chance to watch a few games of, uh, primarily the North Texas game against Jalen yeah. Darden. Uh, he, if you guys don't know who, who Ben DeLuca is, he's the all-time record leader in career tackles uh, career force fumbles at nine, all-time record hun- uh, holder in fumble recoveries at six, and most pass breakups with 17. P- ben DeLuca was Charlotte's star player, and yes. he was. You could tell that offenses were going the opposite direction of him. I saw at North Texas, specifically North Texas game, that they moved Jalen Darden around and tried to put him in – matchups where he wasn't going to get matched up with Ben DeLuca because Ben DeLuca is a stud. And I think part of the reason his his draft profile dropped as much as he did is because it's Charlotte, right? It's kind of a yes. no-name school. But man, he seems super intelligent. I did see him get a pick that game toward the end of the game. Garbage time, quarterbacks just throwing throwing it up. But man, he was involved a lot as as a tackler as a guy out in space who doesn't get sidestepped or anything like that. Yeah. I, I kind of like Ben DeLuca and I think he could be one of those undrafted gems. And matter of fact, he's a favorite of mine. One of the uh, two undrafted free agents I expect to make the 53 man roster. And to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if he beat out Mark Webb and even Aloe Gilman to be that star uh, type player for them. Yeah. Star being position, right? Sure. Well, I'm with, yeah, I'm a little concerned. I know you're a little concerned of the lack of depth of safety. I bet Ben DeLuca is very, very excited for this opportunity he's going to get in training camp. Also another big DB. He's same height as Webb at six foot one with five, uh, five pounds heavier at 215. I think you nailed it on the head. UNC Charlotte hurt his draft stock, but he was a guy I thought, me included, many analysts thought he was going to get drafted. I think him not getting drafted was a little bit surprising, but of course, bargain Tom Telesco swooped on that opportunity, brought him into camp. And, you know, talking versatile safeties, DeLuca has shown some very serious ball skills. He showed he can de- deliver the knockout hit with nine force fumbles. And above all, I think dude, he that has- was the other thing. He is a hitter, dude. <laughs> Lays he caught me blood. off guard a few times. I was like, ooh. Yeah, Who's he that? delivers the woo hits consistently. And above all of that, though, I think he has very, very good football instincts for a young player. 
yeah, I, I and if if it's not this season, I expect him to be on an NFL roster very, very soon. He's one of my top undrafted free agents as well, with a, a very legitimate chance of making this final roster. If I would have just gone off the one game I saw alone of him playing, I, I would have seen him as like a third or fourth round pick, to be He's honest. Exciting. He is yes. exciting, and it's just a guy like that. Sheath underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture-wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. Now, the most unique thing about sheath underwear is that they have these dual pouches that keep your man parts separated, which prevents things from sticking together, keeps them right where they need to be. They'll be the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs you've ever won in your life. Plus, they have brand new materials like bamboo and mesh for even more cooling comfort. Go to sheathunderwear.com and get the most comfortable underwear you've ever worn. And if you use promo code IHEART, you'll also get 20% off your order. That's sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART. That talented, just being really in a, in, in a bad division, it's, it's a little surprising to me that he went undrafted. And, I mean, anytime you have any player who's a four-year starter at any NCAA school, whether it's Division One or Division Two, that should open eyes. If a guy is starting as a freshman, Starting sure. full time, not just playing roles, not getting carries here or there, not, you know, coming in because of injury, but earning yeah. a full time starting role right out of high school. There's something special about him. Well, and on top of that, he was one of the best players on the team from his freshman season. Always stood out. And especially when when his career moved on, he was one of the better. He was the best player on the field. The majority of snaps he took. He was that good. I mean, the guy is just, you, you just don't see talent like that fall that often. No, so I'm excited to see Ben DeLuca. I think he's going to make this final roster. I think so. Next up, let's talk about corners, man. Uh, yeah. I'll let you lead off. Let's lead off with Michael Davis. What are your thoughts on Michael Davis after just signing, re-signing for a three-year, $26 million contract, I believe it was? Yeah, right around there. I know it was three years, but... um. I I really like Michael Davis. I think he had a phenomenal 2020 season, and I, I thought retaining him was one of the bigger free agent signings that we had. He First off, he's one of the better free agent corners on the entire free agent market, and he had multiple offers to go play somewhere else, but ultimately decided stay close to home. We know he's a local guy, was a two-sport athlete you know, down the road at Glendale High, but Joined the Chargers in 2017 as an undrafted rookie, and he's done nothing but get better during his time in the National Football League. These past two seasons, I think especially, he's really come into his own. He's made 26 starts, racked up 103 tackles, five interceptions with 23 pass breakups. Now it's his year to put it all together. It's his season to prove that he is a legitimate cornerback one in this league, and I think he could do it. I know. What do you think? So... I actually really, really am high on Michael Davis because I think he quietly was a top 20 corner. He was CB1 last year. Casey Hayward was not. Mm -hmm. He was the one of the few players who can run step step for step with uh, Hill, right? Ty yeah. Not many guys can run with Tyreek Hill the way that Michael Davis did in that first matchup. I think he's ready to take that role as a legitimate top 10 cornerback. He's got the size. He's got the speed. He's yeah. physical. He's young. He just got paid. I'm excited about Michael Davis. There's not a lot of players that come from an undrafted background that have achieved the things that he has as a three-year starter for the Chargers. And by the way, I think he's been very good the last two years as well. I always, I just think he's been overshadowed because Casey Hayward's been the star. Sure. Derwin James has been the star. Yeah. Right. And he's always been very productive in his role, but he's been the quiet guy, right? For his entire career what? here. And he's a hometown hero. He's from yeah. Los Angeles. Yeah. When it's crazy to call him, he's still very, very exciting as the 
overshadowed guy too. He's put some very, very solid years of tape together in his his only in his only three years in the league. I think he fits better as a man coverage corner too, because as a yes. zone player, you're you're not taking advantage of his aggressiveness. He's a strong tackler. He does kind of get beat, get sidestepped from from time to time. I, I remember a highlight against LaShawn McCoy. Uh, with the Chiefs where he just made him look silly, but that doesn't happen very often. He's pretty, pretty strong tackler. I know he had the most tackles this last year. I'm excited for Michael Davis in his fourth year now. He's he's a stud, and, and if you don't know who he is, you're going to know very soon. Yeah, he has to be on the radar for – yeah, he's going to be a hometown, but a name that a everybody – a household name. He will be a household, a household name. name by at the end of the season. If you don't know him, it's going to be your ignorance at the end of the season. Because Michael, how Davis everybody is feels about Casey Hayward the last few years is how I think you're going to feel about Michael Davis. Well, and now, you should because he's this under the radar guy, right? He he's not going to get the Pro Bowl votes, but he was a Pro Bowl near Pro Bowl caliber player last year. He's probably one of the best players on defense, not named Joey Bosa last year. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's just a quiet guy, though. He doesn't talk a whole lot. He doesn't have that personality that really draws you in. He's he's building that, right? People are really starting to call him bot, though, which yeah. is awesome, right? Because that's, yeah. you know, I thought it was funny when Brandon Saylor was like, I can't wait to to kind of call him all that all the time now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was funny. But, you know, Michael Davis is a star in the making. He is one of the best players on this Chargers defense. And to be honest, I think he's worth $10 million a year, and the Chargers got him on a deal. I think so. Bargain, bargain, Tom. Again, huge signing. One of the best, I think the best signing we made that wasn't an offensive lineman. Next up, we have Chris Harris Jr. Chris Harris Jr. will play in the slot this season. He spent most of his season last year injured out. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when he was in, he wasn't overly impressive. I think he is past his prime. He still has a lot of juice left. So let let's me so. not go ahead and put that out now. Like I'm not saying that he's uh, he's no longer the player he was. I just think he's past his prime. He's not the sure. all pro player he was in the past, but he's still a very very good, very mental type of player that is going to help get guys in the right position to make plays. He's a kind of a locker room guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got an infectious personality. I'm excited about Chris Harris Jr. Uh, in a in a scheme that probably fits his skill set a little bit better as well. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Last year, I don't think last year he posted career lows. I think in in every major category, he did have that foot injury that obviously had a major impact. On top of that, it was his first year with the Chargers. He was forced to learn a different scheme. And you coupled all of that with all the struggles surrounding the 2020 Chargers team. You know, that's a lot for any football player to deal with. So I really don't think it's fair to judge Harris off of last season. It was kind of an anomaly. There was a lot of stacked against him. Now, moving forward, he said he's had a great offseason. He says he feels great. And what really excites me is Staley taking over. He's going back to the defense that he was so comfortable with in Denver and that saw him, you know, develop into one of the best slot defenders we have in the game. I think just that familiarity alone will bring out a lot better version of Chris Harris Jr. And even if his athletic ability is taking a a step down or regressing a bit, he has tremendous value on this team as a player coach. I love my player coaches, the guys that could speed up the learning curve for the younger players and with so much youth in our secondary, I'm glad to have a veteran like Harris. And for what I've seen in the, his mini camp interview, he's happy with his role. He seems to accept it. And I'm really excited for a little bit of a resurgence from Chris Harris Jr. The only thing that I think concerns me about Chris Harris Jr. is because he's always been more the instinctual, the, the smart yeah. player, right? And he's always fit in that role really well, which really fits as his own corner. And I think the Chargers are going to be playing a lot more man. And I think I am a little concerned with him in man coverage. Just because I, I he's 32 years old. I, I mean, I don't think he's running 4-4-40s four, four anymore. 
I'd, I'd be very, very impressed if that was the case. I would be too at 32 years old running that fast. And he's never been the overly like super, super athletic player. Well, he's the uh, jump. You, you said it. He's the instinct, jump the pass, knows where the play is going to happen before. He right. jumps the routes. He's a route jumper because he knows he's a smart. Which fits the whole zone defense concept. Sure. And him playing a lot more in man coverage in the slot against speedy guys like Tyreek Hill that play primarily in the slot. You're going to have, you know, maybe Henry Ruggs is playing in the slot. you got some burners in the AFC West. And I'm a little bit afraid to see him matched up like that. Now, that makes me wonder, are you going to have a guy like Asante Samuel playing more in the slot? Matchups when you're game planning, right? If Tyreek Hill's in the slot, we're going to put you, you know, Asante Samuel into the slot to, to match up against them. Well, what, what are you doing there? Like, I don't want, I don't want to manned up against Henry Ruggs or Tyreek Hill. I want to manned up against, you know. I'm with you there, but I think we should just keep going because I think a lot of the next guys down on this list on this cornerback position are definitely, we have a lot of versatile guys. And I think game to game, a lot of different people are going to be playing. So I think when we play the Tyreek Hills, the Henry Ruggs of the league, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised to see Harris play very, very limited snaps and see some of the faster guys, Samuel Jr., Brandon Faison, uh, Tavon Campbell, even the faster guys see some more playing time. So I think we got a lot of guys to kind of compensate for his lack of elite athleticism. Okay. So let's talk about Asante Samuel. What are your expectations for Asante Samuel in his rookie year? Well, first off, the fact that he's a, a charger is absolutely amazing. Uh, <laughs> Super amazing. How did that happen? I don't know. Going into the draft before anyone was taken, it was a general consensus that Asante Samuel Jr. is one of the best corners in the entire class. I thought he was going late first round, second, early second at the latest. So to have him at the number 47th overall pick, absolutely surprising, but we'll take it. Um, we really, really needed a cornerback. So I, I can't imagine that Tom Telesco took very much time uh, submitting that pick. We pull the trigger. We get a young ball hawk who obviously has a lot of talent, but he brings a ton of swagger to a very promising secondary that already has a lot of interesting pieces. He's, I think he's, he's an extremely athletic defensive back. He has impressive speed, great instincts to disrupt receivers. And we've talked about it before. He'd probably be best utilized as a slot backer because of his lack of elite size, but he has more than enough athletic ability to make up for it. And I really think a lot of his snaps will come outside corner opposite Michael Davis this season. And I like him in that role playing outside this year. I think next year there's a good chance that the Chargers move on from Chris Harris Jr. Sure. I really, really like his skill set as a slot corner i like asante samuel i think he's got the speed and athleticism and that that angerness to go and, and play outside and really play with anybody and i'm not saying that he's not athletic enough to play outside i just think he's so aggressive and i think he's a good tackler and i think he is a much better slot defender because his his skill sets really fit thinking yeah. i'm thinking of like desmond king with speed right uh, uh, Very yeah, similar. A souped up athletic Desmond King playmaker. Yeah. You want your playmakers towards the line of scrimmage to make plays, reading screens, disrupt in the backfield. And I, I think once we get further on into Asante Samuel Jr.'s career, that's mm -hmm. definitely where he's going to excel. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see his first all pro season as a slot corner. I would love to see him in that role. I think that's where Staley's corners really, really are going to play very well. I just, I really just like Asante Samuel's skill set in general. Like I like those aggressive chip yeah. on the shoulder, you know, I got something to prove type of guys playing that corner position. I don't think he is a lockdown, eliminate number one wide receivers out of the game. I think he's just going to be a fun guy to watch. He's going to make his own plays in his own way, and that's mm -hmm. playing angry and aggressive at the line of scrimmage, fighting with the hands through the route, and just yeah. getting into the the minds. You know, he's going to be very similar to his father in that just that plant and go and just be aggressive and just make plays. So I'm excited for Asante Samuel Jr. 
in his rookie season. We'll see where it leads. Well, and and because of their age, we didn't get to see it in college uh, with Derwin James and Asante Samuel Jr., but now we will at the next level. Very excited. I think they were just a year apart at FSU, but now we got them on the same team in the NFL. Can't wait to see what these guys can do. Next up, let's talk about Brandon Faxon. Brandon Faxon has kind of been that fourth cornerback to that Chargers room for a few seasons now. We haven't seen a whole lot of from him. I think last year he played just 329 snaps. He played primarily outside, so he's kind of a speed guy. He's a big guy, though. He's 6'2", 197 pounds. He only runs a 4'5", according to his last combine. He went to Virginia Tech. He was drafted in 2018. He was undrafted in 2018. Um, but I think this is the year that you're going to see a lot more of Brandon Faxon, especially because – the cornerback room, you know, you had the injuries to Chris Harris Jr. You've got a rookie there. That is an opportunity for Brandon Faxon to, you know, play some more. Maybe yeah. even, you know, moving into like a safety role in the event that the Chargers are struggling with injury to that group. We'll see where he ultimately leads because he's a big guy. Dude, you're like in my head today, but. Right, I have I have I have Faxon as our best backup DB, regardless safety or corner, and I think he will be out outside of our starters, probably the guy that gets the most minutes. Um, and I like him; he's big, really excels as the press man coverage corner, which is just perfect for the defense that Staley wants to deploy. He has been in the league for three years. He had only 60 tackles, two tackles for loss, and two fumble recoveries. So he's still a work in progress. But I, I really love the physical traits. And I think it's also worth mentioning that he was a, a coaching staff favorite at spring practice. Both Staley and secondary coach Derek Ansley have pointed at Faison as a guy that they expect to contribute in a big way in 2021. And I, 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 really, like, I really like the guy I've seen. I've liked the development I've seen from him. And I really expect him, because of the lack of depth in the secondary, to get a lot more playing time this season. You know, I'm really looking for him to step up in a role on special teams because I think that's where he's going to make his his money there. Uh, I, I, You had asked me a couple weeks ago, who do I think is going to be the Gunners? And I think one of the players we're about to talk about in a minute, which is Ryan Smith, is going to be one Gunner. But I think the other one probably should be Brandon Faxon. Granted, he's not super, super fast, but four five three forty is is more than enough to go and fill that role. I think he's going to be able to get off press coverage, be able to get outside or inside of whoever that corner is that's going to be, you know, as the gunner, you, you're going to be matched up against somebody. He's got the size and strength to do that. I like Brandon Faxon to become a strong special teamer next year. He's big. He can tackle. Uh, I think that's going to be a role you're going to see him play a lot more next season as well. Yeah, well, I think at, for Gunner, my my number two guy for Gunner is probably be this next guy we're going to talk about, Tavon Campbell. So Tavon Campbell uh, is also kind of a big guy, right? He's six foot, 195 pounds. He played primarily in the slot. He was the backup to Chris Harris Jr. And Desmond King before Desmond King was eventually traded away. He played more snaps overall than Brandon Faxon did with mm-hmm. 493 snaps. And like I said, he was primarily in the slot for all of that. Uh, he did play some wide outside corner, just kind of moving him around. He's kind of a, a chess piece. And one of the, the highlights of the entire season was the pick six where he undercut the, I want to say it was Joe Flacco, which we all know Joe Flacco's elite. So seeing it, Joe <laughs> Flacco intercepted inside the red zone for a touchdown, it's a rare sight to see. And Tevin Campbell ultimately got got the better of him in that matchup. Yeah, I like Campbell. I think he's a, a interesting player, and I hope we get to see a little more from him. Uh, you know, the first thing I notice about Campbell is the Duke absolutely fly. He runs... I want to say like a roided up racehorse. The dude is very, very fast has, I, I don't remember the time, but I know he has the record for the fastest CFL uh, 40 time ever recorded. I want to say it's like four, three something very speedy. Now we, we saw him in 14 games last year, total 22 tackles, three pass breakups. But at this point in his career, he is 27 years old. 
I really think it's a make or break season for Campbell because he's really that old. Oh my! He's 27 because he's not very known around the league. He played in Canada collegiately. He played, I want to say four or five seasons in the CFL. So that's where he got up in there in age. So even with all of that though, there really isn't a whole lot of film on the guy. He's obviously impressed enough people in the Chargers organization. That's why we brought him back for the one year $65,000 deal we signed him to. So that's good enough for me to root for the guy. Yeah, okay. That's enough for me to root for him. I think he does end up on the final roster as emergency backup, but with his speed and his strength, he's another guy I really see having major uh, special team potential. It'll be interesting to see just how much he plays next season. Do the Chargers like him a lot more in that cornerback, uh, that slot cornerback role where he excelled? I didn't know he's that fast. I didn't know he's that old. I didn't really know too much about him (laughs) at all, but he's got some competition to beat out in that slot role, which is where Ryan Smith, who the Chargers signed last uh, this last offseason. That's a role that he should also be in the running for. For anyone who doesn't know, Ryan Smith came over from the Buccaneers. We talked about him last week. He's a special teams ace. He's he's a guy that has really, really excelled on special teams. He was just a fourth-round pick just a few seasons ago. Didn't see much playing time this last season, though he did win a Super Bowl. But he has been a standout on special teams. He's a strong tackler in space. And he hasn't really played very badly in the limited snaps that he has played. So we'll see where he ends up being. I think he's a lock to make the roster because that special team's ability is something that has been really emphasized but I wouldn't be surprised to see him play behind Chris Harris Jr. Well, we'll see. He's a young player, too. He's only like 26 years old. Well, from what I knew about Ryan Smith before even doing any research, I was he was a special teams ace, in my opinion. So to go on and see, to go look through his career stats and to see how many actual snaps he took on defense was a little bit surprising to me. But like you said, looking at the numbers, he was very, very productive in his limited playing time. Now, he, he does have five years in the league, 73 games he's appeared in. Way, more than 50% of his snaps come on special teams. During last year's Super Bowl, and 100% of his 360 snaps taken were on special teams. But he instantly reminds me of Daryl Stuckey, a guy who hardly sees the field on defense but can still make an impact. I, I don't see Smith really playing a lot of defensive snaps, but I do expect to hear Smith's name called multiple times a game. Uh, once the season rolls around you know that's like the third time we brought daryl stuckey up in a few few different podcasts i miss stuckey i miss special teams aces and i want a good special team star to root for just give me one (laughs) so ryan smith let me backtrack a little bit he's 27.8 years old according pff so he'll be 28 when the season starts he's 5'11 190 pounds he's got 4'4 speed he was drafted in the fourth round of, of 2016. So he is a little bit older than I was anticipating. I think he could kind of be the Troy Hill of the Chargers, which if you guys don't know who Troy Hill was, he was probably one of the best slot defenders in all of the NFL last season. And oh yeah, he played under Brandon Staley last year with the Rams. Kind of had that late career resurgence. Yeah. And he could be that guy and he's younger. He's more athletic. He's a strong tackler in space. And Staley just knows how to utilize his DBs in a way that puts them in the best position to make plays using their skill sets to their advantage. Well, and what's so exciting to me, what did we say about almost every guy on this list that he's versatile, that he could do a lot of different things? What is Staley good at? maximizing the potential of his versatile players. So I I can't wait. He has so many Swiss army knives to play with this season, especially in in just the secondary alone. It's going to be such an exciting season. You know, now that we've gotten through everybody, but kickers and punters, one of the key themes that I've noticed about this chargers team top to bottom, all the way up and down is that every player is versatile. Mm -hmm. Every player even Jerry Tillery, who struggled, has experience playing on the edge. Yeah. I think we 
on the depth chart wise are lightest at linebacker and safety. Mm-hmm. But we've got some athletes there that could outplay their draft position, outplay their expectations from what we were expecting, right? There's no guys on the roster like, oh man, this guy is a total liability. There's sure. nobody like that. Well, yeah. And we got some guys that are going to be on our practice squad, not make the team that I have similar sentiments towards. Yeah. And yeah. if I look at some of those guys that are going to be on our practice squad as guys that are going to be starters in two years because we're going to develop them. Right. Sure. Like if they had a futures game, like they do in baseball, the chargers practice squad would dominate. I mean, look I, at Adrian Phillips, Adrian Phillips sat on the practice squad for two years, sat behind whoever for the first year and then became like one of the best role players that the chargers have seen in anybody from the dime linebacker position to even playing true sets at safety and getting interceptions. We have a strong depth to this team that we haven't had in a long time. Yeah. A lot of good guys that can do a lot of different things. Well, that's what you want. That's what you want from a sports team. I mean, versatility, depth and talent. We got it in boatloads. The Chargers did announce that training camp schedule. Uh, I will get into that more. I think we both will get more into that next week. Uh, Next week, we're also going to talk about kickers and punters, which we know everybody loves kicker and punter tape. Uh, We will... We will talk about the kickers and punters. We we have some interesting camp battles there, and we're going to talk about undrafted free agents next week. You have any final comments, Zach? Um, if you haven't, go and hit up the Master Bolt on Twitter and get a Chalk Therapy magazine and get these tickets. We can't go. Some one of you guys is going to get them. So that, that's all I have to say. I could go. I'm choosing not to go to that game and giving it what? up to a fan. Wow, what a Somebody good guy. Who's, like supporting, right? I'm really yeah. excited because you guys are supporting me as I wrote this magazine all by myself. Zach edited it. He found out that I said that I could do this podcast without <laughs> him in no, a you, typo. You said, you thanked me and then said, I honestly could do this podcast without Zach. <laughs> like damn that really hurt that really hurt (laughs) well thank you for editing 60 pages five months of work show your guys support you guys can find me on twitter at the master bolt you guys can message the at lac shock therapy uh twitter account you can even email zach because i'm getting exhausted with through all of these different messages that i'm running through 15 dollars for your physical copies I will even sign them. I did not get them signed by Justin Herbert. I did Ah. try. I got ghosted. Who would have thought that Justin Herbert would have ghosted somebody as famous Mm. and as popular as this podcaster? But he did. It's okay. I won't hold it against him because I'm still trying to get him to sign my own personal, (laughs) personal one that I probably won't get any signatures at training camp because they're not allowing signatures. But I will... I will keep trying. Probably not going to happen. <laughs> you know what, Justin? No hard feelings. Just know you're going to get another letter next year. Yeah. And the year after that until you sign these things, buddy. You know, you <laughs> or know. Or sign somebody. a Traeger. Sign a Traeger for us and that we'll call it even there. But sign something for us. Yeah, man. I could, I could go for a Traeger. I could go for a Traeger. You can make it up to me like that, man. <laughs> Sheath Underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture-wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. 
Now, the most unique thing about sheath underwear is that they have these dual pouches that keep your man parts separated, which prevents things from sticking together, keeps them right where they need to be. They'll be the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs you've ever worn in your life. Plus, they have brand new materials like bamboo and mesh for even more cooling comfort. Go to sheathunderwear.com and get the most comfortable underwear you've ever worn. And if you use promo code IHEART, you'll also get 20% off your order. That's sheathunderwear.com, promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com, promo code IHEART.